This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everybody, what's going on? Josh Wiggler here with the brand new Post Show Recaps podcast that we are launching here. Uh, Very excited because it has been a minute since we have talked about epic fantasy television here on PSR. Game of Thrones has been gone for a while. Uh, In some form, shall be returning at some point in the not terribly distant future. As of this recording, it is the beginning of November 2021. We do not know yet when House of the Dragon, uh, the Game of Thrones prequel, is coming. Rest assured that post-show recaps will be covering that show once it comes out but we've got another uh fantasy show that we gotta talk about in the meantime um amazon prime has the wheel of time coming your way launching on november 19th the first three episodes of a brand new series the wheel of time fantasy novel epic adaptation coming your way from rafe judkins of survivor guatemala fame as well as chuck Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so many other TV shows, show running Wheel of Time into existence. And we are going to be covering it here weekly on Post Show Recap, starting now with the first of a couple of preview shows to get you looped in. Uh, We want to get you uh, get Wheel of Time on your radar really, really early here. And of course, it would be very awkward if I was alone in this pursuit. Uh, Not impossible for me to just like monologue my way through an entire podcast series, but not preferable uh, for my uh, pace of life these days. So I am thrilled to welcome in my co-pilot for all things Wheel of Time. Uh, He is no stranger to the Post Show Recaps community, certainly the Post Show Recaps Patreon community, as he is one of the leading experts of all things Dungeons and Dragons in our D&D campaigns, which you can learn more about at patreon.com slash postshowrecaps. You can find him on the internet uh, running all sorts of games and talking about all sorts of nonsense over at twitch.tv slash dmphilly. He is... DM Philly himself, 
Rich Filiberto on these mean internet streets. Philly, come on in. It's me. It's me, Josh. I'm so it's you. I am you. so excited to be here on uh, Post Show Recaps proper. I this love it here. Uh, yeah, it's a great time. It's and a great we're going to be talking about the Wheel of Time, which I love. Rich, you've been uh, you've been part of these uh, these mean post show recap streets from I feel like the very very beginning. I think mm-hmm. you could go back to any one of the PSR shows from all the way back in 2014 when we were doing these uh, these podcasts to begin with, whether it was Game of Thrones or Walking Dead. And reliably, I feel like on almost any show, you will get feedback coming your way from our Philly on the internet. Uh, and all these years later. You are uh, you remain not only an essential part of the Posha Recaps community, but a content creator in the Posha Recaps space. Uh, dude, it's a delight. It's been a delightful evolution. Um, yeah, I remember back in the day when you and Rob, I say it all the time, started uh, podcasting about Game of Thrones and The Walking Dead back in the day on RHAP before Post Show Recaps was even uh, a little baby fledgling podcast network. And uh, yeah, I was here Just for an all. Just yeah, a little exactly. baby being brought north of the wall to be turned into some sort of monstrous creature that never paid off into anything. Uh, oh, get out of here. It's paid dividends. But uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love epic fantasy. I love like all the Game of Thrones podcasts from back in the day, and I love the Wheel of Time. So I am uh, honored and Jervis to be here talking. Yes, uh, the the Jervis is all mine. I'm really excited about this. Uh, when, we, when we realized that the Wheel of Time was coming out as a TV show, I think, Rich, like very early on, like you pinged on my radar of like, this is going to be fairly epic, and it's probably something that you're going to want to podcast about and i was like okay well will you podcast with me about it you're like yes uh so this has been uh for for you and me i feel like months in the making this specific show uh and for some people i feel like it's possible that like this show is not even a thing that's on the radar um this is one of the reasons why we are pushing this podcast out in the game of thrones feed uh for people who are still subscribed there and uh love poster recaps coverage but we obviously haven't had anything game of thrones to talk about in a very long time again stay subscribed because we will have house of uh house of the dragon coming up at some point in 2022 um but we wanted to at least put it on your radar for this episode and the next couple uh that wheel of time is a thing that's happening uh an epic fantasy series that um it's another it's another novel series brought to television life that um this one predates game of thrones by what like uh the song of ice and fire series it predates it by like five years by five or six years yeah Yeah. i think uh the first book the eye of the world is published in 1991 very interestingly like i came upon the wheel of time through uh the game of thrones book club right here on post show recap hey shout out uh, to terry schwartz who i know is a big wheel of time fan but is also like a shockingly busy human being doing all sorts of crazy rad netflix things uh so conflict of interest uh so i don't think that that's going to be happening with uh with the terry return to game of thrones book club but back in the day yeah we used to do those got book clubs uh and that's how you got into wheel of time yeah she's like killing it out there um but i remember her talking to you about like of course the wheel of time and robert jordan and there's a whole story there and it was the first time it pinged on my radar and i'm a kid that like grew up uh, reading copious amounts of fantasy fiction right the lord of the rings are like my holy text you'll hear me say often if you listen to me talk much and, you were born uh, on a dungeons and dragons battle map too basically yeah. yes uh, basically i at least was born again um yes yes i am 
so that whole world is is very much uh, you you live and die by it very honestly. So GOT book club gets you into into Wheel of Time because it, what it pings on your radar. Yeah, that Terry this is a thing had, that's out there. Terry had mentioned it as one of like the pillars of epic fantasy, right? This is like a really one of like the great like modern stories just in general, but certainly in the world of fantasy fiction, the Wheel of Time like stands tall. Um, it like started in 1991. I think that the final book isn't published until like well after 2010 uh it was real like saga for it all to come out and i think in a lot of ways game of thrones and the song of ice and fire series take a lot of inspiration from what robert jordan was doing there um if you go back you could see a lot of like really kind of positive stuff that george martin said about the author robert jordan and there's a lot of like connective tissue right um a lot of comparisons to be made and yeah that was the beginning of my awareness and so back like last year at the start of uh this terrible pandemic that we've all been enduring. I said to myself, if not now, when I knew yeah. the series was coming out, I knew Rafe was going to be the showrunner on it. We obviously have a this deep affection for Rafe from uh, the, the shared survivor history. Post show recaps, of course, uh, friends of survivor, survivor adjacent. Uh, so uh, the showrunner of wheel of time, if you are not a survivor person is a former survivor contestant. So uh, that's not going to be like, uh, it seems like his career has just like taken off in this way. where like, that will be, uh, not the first sentence uh, in the in the biography of Rafe Judkins, but for our purposes, like it's pretty high on the list of like I yeah. remember Rafe. Uh, yeah, Rafe, Rafe did great in Guatemala. Oh my God, look at him making uh, the next Game of Thrones. This is crazy. It's remarkable, right? In uh, in like the Rob Sister Nino vernacular, like the Venn diagram here is really fascinating to me. You know, of like the overlap of interests. Um, but yeah, I think at this point the Survivor contestant thing is clearly a footnote in the career of Rafe Judkins. This guy's yeah. done a lot of stuff, and I tend to think that I think the Wheel of Time as a book series. I've immersed myself in it in the last year and a half. I read it. I uh, finished it and was like i'm gonna need to read that again uh to like get to the lost of it all josh yeah, like and i just yeah. cracked right back into it and I'm, and I'm finishing my second read through and and i like i'm living and breathing in the world of the wheel of time and i think rafe loves it so much that i'm really really excited to see what the guy's gonna do with it and i think that this is probably gonna be a pretty big show all right so there's a couple things to say up front so it's the wheel of time it is not uh it's 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 amazon's first major fantasy epic offering of uh of the of well i guess it's the, it's the only one of the year but in mm -hmm. 2022 amazon is going to be um unveiling what is being described as the most expensive tv show of all time in their lord of the rings show mm -hmm. um this is not that. This Wheel of Time, separate from Lord of the Rings, completely unrelated, perhaps inspired by, to a certain mm -hmm. extent, right? Robert Jordan, the author, the late author of the Wheel of Time uh, novel series, uh, like so many others, uh, whether it's Stephen King with The Dark Tower or George R. R. Martin with A Song of Ice and Fire, Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time very clearly uh, has, uh, has some Lord of the Rings influences on its sleeve. Not the same universe. So uh, I, I had to clear that up for a couple of people recently. So I'm just clearing that up for the sake of podcasting right now. Um, so it's its own entire thing. It is launching on November 19th. It's got three episodes right out the gate when it premieres on November 19th. There's going to be three episodes of The Wheel of Time that day. Um, our podcast plan is uh, we're going to be covering it weekly because after that three-episode premiere, um, they are going to be unveiling the remaining episodes of season one on a weekly basis on Fridays. 
Rich and I are psychos, and we are going to try and watch these episodes on Fridays and turn them around as quickly as humanly possible. So we should be uh, cooking with gas here pretty soon. We will be your Wheel of Time destination. We want you to hang with us as we're doing all this. We're going to have a Wheel of Time podcast feed set up here relatively soon, so keep an eye for uh, uh, keep an eye out for that. Um, at the very least, in the meantime, you can stay uh, plugged into the main Post Show Recaps podcast feed. We'll uh, we'll kick the, these into the Game of Thrones podcast feed for a little while as well, if that's how you're finding us. Um, but we will have our own Wheel of Time show um, here on PSR in the not terribly distant future. So those are just like a couple of like the real nuts and bolts things that I just want to get like informationally out the way. Um, if you're just finding us because you're looking for a Wheel of Time podcast and you don't know who the hell I am, hi, I'm Josh. I uh, am one of your hosts here on Post Show Recaps. I talk about all sorts of nonsense. We've got a ton of podcasts that are happening right now, both in terms of recapping shows that are currently going on, whether it's Succession or uh, or even Curb Your Enthusiasm, or if they are uh, nostalgia-heavy rewatch projects such as Lost Down the Hatch. Uh, we've got that. We've got Community Building, where we're talking about community uh, and Post Show Recaps this very vibrant uh, podcast community of like-minded individuals who are coming together to nerd out about movies and TVs and all of the other things. Well, that I said TVs, uh, multiple you televisions, mm -hmm. uh, as though these are things uh, that are worth uh, pluralizing. Uh, and we're just having an absolute blast doing it. And Wheel of Time has been on my radar as a thing for us to, to get into. We talked about Game of Thrones very extensively when Game of Thrones was on. Uh, I think our podcast coverage began in the run up to season four. We did like this uh, this uh, this episode by episode uh, rewatch of season three going into season four. And then going into the final season, Rob Sesternino and I rewatched the whole show. Uh, Winter Was Here was the name of that rewatch podcast. So our Game of Thrones coverage is very, very robust. And in that podcast dynamic with Rob, Rob had not read the books before, was starting to get into the Roy Detrice narrated audiobook. <laughs> <laughs> we loved sure it was they he were loved opinions. it yeah uh so rob would weigh in on uh roy detrice's incredible pronunciations of character names like patai or baelish and such <laughs> uh and uh we just had a great time with that i had read all of the books from george r, r. martin such as they existed and sadly still same ones, exist. same, ones. <laughs> the same ones that are still out there uh so i was like the book savvy one in that dynamic in this dynamic with Wheel of Time, Rich, you are now approaching finishing your second read-through of the entire saga, which, it should be noted, is 14 books? It's 14 um, books? 14 books and a prequel, my friend. So technically, there's 15 books, and The Eye of the World is a tome. It is book one. It is 814 pages long. Uh, the Wheel of Time is not a journey to take on lightly. It's yes. significant, but I'll just say my two cents, and you'll hear me say it again and again and again. It's worth it. Uh, yeah, it's worth every page. It That's really what you keep saying to me. Journey. I'm like, Rich, yeah. do you see my podcast schedule? How am I yes. supposed to read a 15 book series? Uh, but I read slowly. book one. I read book one, and that is what I'm doing. I'm going through really, really slowly. So I have read uh, The Eye of the World, which is the first book in the Wheel of Time series, but I know nothing beyond that. And frankly, um, like my recall on it already, because it's been about a month since I finished, is starting to fade away. So watching the show will be like a very, very new experience for me. I think like I know enough that like I have some understanding of some of the characters that we're going to meet, a little mm -hmm. bit of the world, 
Um, mm-hmm. But uh, as things go with my badly damaged brain, uh, it's a little bit of goldfish stuff where it's like in one ear, out the other relatively quickly. So encountering season one of The Wheel of Time is going to be like uh, totally new stuff. But we're not going to get into spoilers from the book series. We are going to keep that contained. Uh, Rich is, is really good about all of that. So we're going to be totally tight. And I think that the thing that's going to be really, really valuable in addition to just like your humor and pathos, Richard, uh, wow. is that uh, is that you are going to be able to like contextualize a lot of the things that I'm going to be confused about and people who have not read the books are going to be confused about. You can help us understand some of the things that we're confused about in ways that are not going to like spoil story points or like Mm -hmm. character fates or eventualities like that. This is not going to be that podcast where we're going like expecting that everybody has read the book series, but I think that we are going to benefit greatly from your journey through the text. Well, I deeply appreciate that. Uh, my mandate for myself going forward is um, I'm here to like respond to inquiries. I'm going to be very careful about the information as I present it. And um, I just have found it such a kind of exceptional story of character development with such a like well-realized kind of backdrop. The world building is magnificent. There's all of these really incredible themes that are woven into and out of the story. Um, it, it's become a treasure to me. I am not like an old school hardcore fan right there are people who picked up these books 30 years ago in 1991 and and have been carrying them with them every day of their lives since that's not me and so but i i have quickly came to like treasure this series as something like really important to me that i'll carry with me going forward so i want everybody to discover it in the same way i did and to have those like uh, revelatory moments and shocks and and tragedies as they occur and i'm going to do my best uh to compartmentalize the information in a way that's informative but um, thoughtful about. What's I think coming. he got this. I think mm-hmm. he got this. So let's let's talk a bit about what the Wheel of Time is. Uh, it is an Amazon Prime Video television series. It is uh, going to be epic in scope and scale. It is uh, it is in the fantasy genre. These are things that like if that's really all you want to know, you're like, okay, cool, I'll watch that. Then like, good, you're set. But if people want like extra background. Uh, how would you describe the wheel of time? Like what, what are the things that you would say about it to like, sort of like sell somebody who's maybe a little bit on the fence as to why they should give this a shot. So I think especially coming into season one, I'm going to like talk about book one, right? Um, just in the context that, uh, you mentioned the Lord of the Rings and you, you distinguish, this is not in the same world. This is distinctly its own universe, its own story. It is completely removed, but Robert Jordan, uh, had a great deal of reverence for, for Tolkien and for the Lord of the Rings as a story. And he approached the writing of this first book clearly with a much greater tale in mind, but he wrote it to be its own standalone text. Um, And I think that when you go through book one, a lot of people have their own internal realization that like, God, there's a lot of echoes here to the Lord of the Rings. It really mirrors a lot of like um, the story notes and, and kind of, uh, the character beats even. So you're going to see a very clear comparison, I think, as we watch season one to the entirety of the story of the Lord of the Rings, all three books, in terms of um, the general gist of what's happening and what's playing out before us, right? Um, young folks in a remote part of the world that are kind of drawn into something bigger than themselves by um, the powers. Fate would have it that these people are important and must do important things. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think that like that's the place to start. I think for the people, for the Game of Thrones fans out there and the folks who like really connected with that property, um, God, there's huge echoes of the things that you loved about Game of Thrones. Whatever it was, I promise you, it exists in great depth and detail here within this Disappointment? Story. Like bitter, bitter disappointment? On occasion, but uh, this is the thing that I've said to you many times, Josh, as we've like begun talking about this project. The singular thing that the Wheel of Time holds above of Game of Thrones is a property. It is finished. It is a completed work. The books are all written and published. And, and there is like, you know, I've, I think like for people who are who are into Wheel of Time, like this is, you know, sort of like uh, we're like treading, you know, very familiar territory. But like there are people who, who have no idea sort of like the backstory behind this. And it's like a fairly uh, it's like a fairly storied backstory about how this book series uh, reached 14 slash 15 novels to begin with. It was a Mm -hmm. a harrowing journey in its own right. Indeed it was. Uh, Robert Jordan, the author, um, he's a really interesting guy, had a a very like dynamic kind of life. He was a helicopter pilot um, in in Vietnam. He came back. He actually wrote some of the original Conan books, uh, I believe is like his rise to pro. O'Brien. Yeah, the one. He wrote his material. Conan O'Brien, the robot barbarian from the future. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, Jordan like writes this book as a sort of homage to Tolkien and a, and a bit of a love letter to the Lord of the Rings. And um, he ends up uh, the eye like, of the world, specifically the first book in the series. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Book Is it one. initially designed as like, um, let me get all of this out just in case I never get to like continue or did it like he have in his mind uh, as far as, you know, like, this will be like a long epic from the jump or was like the first book constructed to be like, this will be the book. If this is the book, this is the book. He, he very clearly had an agenda for a great epic odyssey. And I think that, that simultaneously he wrote the first book to be a contained story, right? There was no certainty as a um, young up and coming author that he was going to be able to publish his great work here. So the eye of the world is a very contained story. It ends in a way that like, if nothing follows it, it is in and of itself a complete tale. Right. Um, but he clearly has like an incredible amount of background that he's presenting there and a very uh, grand uh, idea uh, as far as what he wants to achieve in the entirety of the series, which I think that he pulls off. Um, but yeah, it's a very fascinating story because the guy ends up getting the book published through tour publishers who put out a lot of fantasy stuff in that period of time, early 90s. Those and are he, our future publishers for our uh, yes. epic fantasy, right? Yes, yes, yes. yes. We'll be They're just waiting for us to yeah. submit the manuscript, Josh. Yeah, yeah we're going to have uh, to get to work on that. What should that be called? Uh, what's like, uh, should it be like uh, the 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 post-show dragon? I don't know. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Dragons of Discord. You dragons know, I don't know dragons of Recaps. I don't know. We'll workshop it. We've got all season long to come up with the right idea. Indeed, we do. We'll accept oh, we do just want to like thank Tor in advance for publishing our future work. We really um, appreciate you guys being so willing to work yeah, you've with been us. Great collaborators throughout this yep. whole process. Uh, the creative liberties, especially. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for letting us go wild with yeah. it. Um, uh, yeah, it really Robert Jordan's life, you know, is like an interesting one. He ends up like publishing that first book. He he falls in love with like one of the editors at Tour, a woman named Harriet, who the two of them become married, and he ends up like publishing slowly most of the series. And he got sick um, later on in his life, I believe 2006, um, 
he ends up diagnosed with with cancer uh and and it's clear to him he is not going to be able to complete the work and so his wife being so closely involved as his editor for like this great like odyssey that he's he's publishing along the way um works pretty closely with him to identify an author that's going to be able to like pick up the torch and run out the rest of the marathon for him. And they find a young up and coming guy named Brandon Sanderson. Um, I am not well versed in Sanderson's writings independently, though I'm very prepared to go to them as we complete this journey. And I finish my second wheel of time read through uh, Brandon Sanderson is like a huge name in contemporary fantasy fiction. Nowadays, uh, a lot of people really say that he's the best that there is. He gets compared often to people like George Martin and, uh, uh, you know, Tolkien himself. Um, the guy is incredible. And I think that he is a young man who grew up with a, a deep love affair with the Wheel of Time. Robert Jordan is very much an icon to him. And he comes in with this kind of uh, reverence and appreciation for the material. He works with uh, with Jordan's wife. He, he has access to a ton of Robert Jordan's notes. And in the last years of his life, Robert Jordan very explicitly wrote out chapters and sections of the final tale that he knew he wanted to like put his words to. These are like the marks that he needs to leave, the passages that he needs to complete himself. But the man left an incredible amount of material for Sanderson to pick up and finish out and um, got it staggering. It really is an incredible edge to an incredible series. And I think that it's, it's a real achievement that you're able to have a second author come in and finish the story with such kind of authenticity and appreciation. Um, yeah. So that's the gist of like the meta text that happened here for the creation and, and the production of the wheel of time. Yeah. So the books. books, the books do end up being finished if not by Robert Jordan himself then at least with robert jordan's um uh, plans intact and passed along to a successor and uh from everything that i have encountered with people who i've talked to about the wheel of time who've done the whole thing and certainly my conversations with you like to a person's like oh yeah it lands on both feet uh very mm -hmm. very very solidly um so that's like that is a really exciting thing because i think you know you know i i am certainly somebody who like I, I love the fantasy space. Uh, like I, um, you know, I grew up on Final Fantasy video games. We're podcasting mm -hmm. about Final Fantasy video games here on Post Show. Like I am somebody who, uh, you know, went all the way through all of Game of Thrones, uh, covered it professionally, podcasted about it all the way, but definitely felt uh, like you know, really like burnt out by by the end. And, uh, you know, it was uh, Game of Thrones was like the stuff of like TikTok memes relatively recently of like the <laughs> kids really taking shots at it of like, we had a whole ass pandemic. Uh, I was talking to, to your friend and mine, the great Troy, uh, yep. about how like there was a whole ass pandemic and uh, nothing but times like go and watch shows uh, and catch up on things that you missed. And like who out there was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to watch Game of Thrones finally. Like there, it, like it seemingly like disappeared from from cultural conversation um, to a certain extent. It's um, such like a tragedy too, you know, I try, I'm trying to be a glass half full person in my life, Josh. I try to like look for the good. I get it. Um, but we look to Game of Thrones and for it's, it's tough because when you set the bar that high for yourself, some of those first seasons are extraordinary and the way it ends disappointed a lot of people, right? It's a, it's an unfortunate story as it's played out for a lot of people that were deeply invested in it. Totally. And so 
I find myself at a place where like when I want to recommend something, um, if I'm going to tell somebody to invest themselves in seven seasons of TV, like, by God, it better be a satisfying conclusion for them. You for know? sure. <laughs> and, but like the thing there is like David Benioff and Dan Weiss, who were the showrunners of Game of Thrones uh, and the creators of the television show, um, like fairly marvelously adapted George R. R. Martin's first three books uh, and like did what they could with books four and five as well. And it's right around like season six where like they have to start like moving past the text as written because mm -hmm. George R. R. Martin has yet to finish the book series. No shade, just facts. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, the show, certainly from my point of view, uh, I think that this is like a relatively popular opinion, but I, I, I don't want to speak for absolutely everybody. But that's like where the show starts to like really uh, deviate in quality because it is, um, it is now um, forging forward with bare notes, basically, right? Like broad stroke mm -hmm. points of like how certain things are supposed to land. Um, and like, that's about it. And so like, it, it is a fairly unsatisfying conclusion. I think what's interesting about what we might be getting into here with the wheel of time is yes, it's based on a, a series of completed novels. The, the novels are done. The story is told. The entire thing is there for the adaptation. Um, and that should be uh, a recipe for success. There are things that are uh, that are X cards, though, or wild cards, rather X factors, things that we don't know yet, which is one. Um, we are inclined to be very, very, very supportive of Rafe Judkins on this mm -hmm. podcast. Uh, we stand Rafe Judkins uh, and uh, we, we, we want this to be like massively successful. How is he as um, an adapter? Right. Like, how is he as somebody who is going to lift these books from the page and put them on uh, your television screens or your computer screens or whatever device that you are using to watch this show. We don't know, uh, relatively untested in that regard. And this is obviously like a very high stakes story to get right. How will Amazon be as creative partners mm -hmm. here? Are they going to get the details right? Are they going to cut corners and costs? And, and are there going to be um, choices that are made creatively that maybe don't like line up perfectly well with the books as written? So like, the ingredients are there, and this should be uh, a really, really fun ride. Just based on like some of the things that happened in that first book, I'm just like really, really hyped to like meet certain characters yep. and see certain concepts come to life, um, uh, and like watch like how the story like bends and weaves its way through like sort of like the escalation of like the fantastical elements. What is that going to look like? Um, I'm very excited, and I have a lot of reason to be optimistic. But I'm I'm trying to like stop short of thing like well this will just be an automatic slam dunk because the books are good. Um, it's not an it's not a guaranteed you know victory yet. Uh, like we have to see what the episodes look like. We have to see um, can the are are the actors going to be great? Like the yep. things that like you know that make a TV show successful are often like some of these like intangible qualities that like you just cannot like you can't pin it to like great source material. Look no further than like. Why the Last Man, which uh, like, oh, yeah. which like took so long, uh, based on a really great comic book series by Brian K. Vaughn and Pia Guerra, uh, that was finally, finally uh, adapted as an FX show. Went through so many different iterations. Was going to be a movie. Wasn't a movie anymore. Was going to be a movie again. Wasn't a movie again. TV show failed. TV show failed. TV show succeeds. 
TV show canceled. You know, yep. like uh, yep. there's like this horrible, turbulent journey uh, for a show like that that also is just based on such exceptional source material. Um, and I think that the people who watched it maybe like to a certain degree will like even defend the adaptation. I'm raising my hand. I really liked a lot of what they did for the show, but it clearly was uh, something that um, that didn't catch on. Will this catch on? I have no idea. I think Amazon's model is uh, a little bit of a head scratcher to me. Like they're somewhere between weekly TV release and Netflix binge model dropping three episodes at once is certainly a lot for you and I to have to wrap our heads around how we're going to attack that as a podcast. Uh, Mm -hmm. We will let you know what that's going to look like once we solidify those plans. But I think even as like viewers who have so many options at our disposal, uh, dropping three episodes at us at once in the middle of like this very dense fantasy world. For some people, that's it's it's going to be a lot. Um, and then like it's like, will the performers live up to the characters? Right? Like yep. you you find Macy Williams and she's Arya Stark. You know oh, your yeah. favorite character. I know uh, mm-hmm. of almost of all time. Right? Your greatest is, fictional is, character of all time. Yeah, Arya Stark. Yeah. You know, like there are like <laughs> these things of like. Uh, that made Game of Thrones specifically just to keep using it as a touchstone, like such a such a unicorn for so long. Um, are those yeah. going to be things that this show does as well? Um, it's really I interesting because the casting for Game of Thrones, right? So many of those people were like in just complete unknowns, right? And now we could look at them, uh, you know, you look at the Eternals coming out in a couple of weeks and you got a couple of like headliners there, right? These folks are like, many of them uh, uh, like, mainstream mega stars now right they've really like proven themselves in their metal so i have a great deal of trepidation as something that now has become so precious to me and uh and i am a self-proclaimed elitist jerk i am very pretentious about my fantasy sometimes yes. which i'm sure will come through to some extent or another here but um i have a lot of uh concern about a lot of the actors right especially there's a lot of young people in the cast um they're actors that don't have like uh, necessarily huge bodies of work to go back and reference. And quite frankly, I'm not like digging into those bodies of work. I want to meet them for the first times as they embody these characters that I know and love and let them kind of entrench themselves in my psyche as these people. Right. I do think you have a couple of heavy hitters in the cast. Um, there's a few polls from game of Thrones, some familiar faces that we will recognize in wildly different roles. And Bruce so Bolton. Very, yeah. Uh, Michael McElliton is, uh, is showing up here. Roose Bolton himself, who is going to be very un-Roose Bolton-like. Uh, I'm so as... excited to see this because I think that um, that's an actor with some chops, right? <laughs> and uh, yes. to see him embody somebody so different from Roose Bolton is going to be very uh, exciting for me. Um, obviously, like Rosamund Pike uh, is, is like front kind and Kind of headlining center. the show, yeah, mm-hmm. Rosamund Pike. Uh... Um, everything I've seen her in, like, you know, she's leveled me. I mean, I think that she's like a, a really talented An exceptional performer. talent, yeah. 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 Um, so I'm like really eager, but there are just so many variables that we can't quantify, you know, to the extent that Amazon support is there. Uh, my understanding, uh, the, the urban legend of like the internet myths that I've heard is that somewhere along the way, someone in the Amazon superstructure kind of sent the word down from on high, make me an epic fantasy that dwarfs Game of Thrones. Yeah. Right. And so if that is, uh, you know, they're, they're like working agenda as they started this project that's encouraging for me you know um it's big it is a big sprawling story that dwarfs game of thrones in certain ways in its scope and its scale so yeah i'm excited and terrified josh um we shall see 
There was um there have been attempts to adapt the wheel of time in the past, I know, to the point that like wasn't there a pilot made once upon a time? There was like an FX pilot, I think. Is this the first you're hearing of it? Honestly, it is. Yeah, uh, I have um taken uh, just to mention like another podcaster here on the network, the Kevin Maideo approach of really have avoided like a lot of the marketing materials. Yeah. Right, I'm so entrenched in the text. I want to kind of meet a lot of it fresh. I've watched the trailers. I've watched some of the promos, but I've only watched them once. Right. Um, so I've not done a lot of digging in that space. And and yeah, it's the first I'm hearing of it. Yeah, there was a there was a there's a Wired article. There's a uh, it's a Gizmodo article. Uh, that there was a horrible uh, Wheel of Time pilot that was made once upon a time called Winter Dragon. Uh, oh. It aired in 2015 on FXX in the middle of the night. Uh, and uh, yeah, apparently it's like very, 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 very bad. So there was once an attempt at bringing this thing to life in like sort of like this urban legend underground, very bad way. Okay. Uh, I so like we can, that. I think we can only go up. Like, I think like <laughs> this has been attempted. It was very, very bad. Um, and I'm not surprised because, uh, just from, from what I've experienced and you can speak to this a little bit more, like you need budget behind this. Like you can't oh, do yeah. this unless you're going to throw money at it. Cause like, I don't know, like to give, can you give some like out of context, um, uh, like, uh, can you like out of context, like tell us some things that like we will encounter, like types, sure. of, types Sh of monsters, like yeah. the level of the world, like this shit's yep. going to be nuts. It is. So when I talk about uh, it being like a Lord of the Rings analog, you're not going to see hobbits. You're not going to see elves or dwarves. There are humans. They're all humans. But uh, nor will we see orcs or goblins or trolls. The monsters that we are familiar with in uh, maybe at the fantasy that we engage with, uh, our pop culture like engagements, the, they are not here. You're going to see trollocs. And uh, the trollocs are all uniform in that they are like these monstrous like eight, nine, foot tall heaving behemoths with uh, the heads of animals hawks and bears and bulls and boars oh my uh, they have scimitar like tusks Josh yes. um, we're going to see Murdral which are very much like the Nazgul from the Lord of the Rings but different and distinct uh, sometimes called the Eyeless they're all manner of like really creepy creatures uh, the magic is epic uh, this is not a Game of Thrones story where the magic will evolve the magic is present from the onset and it's very present, very relevant. And there, um, there are incredible movements. As It's called the Wheel of Time. So no spoilers, but we are uh, moving around in time slightly. We're going to probably be getting a lot of reference to the distant past and the things that occurred many thousands of years ago when the world was a different place. It's a very kind of classic trope in fantasy that once upon a time, civilization was great. Uh, we rose on high. And so I think we're going to see incredible magic. Uh, incredible kind of displays of magic power outpouring massive armies there. Um, I mean, if you love like the battle of the bastards or, uh, you know, the assault on King's landing Blackwater, like God, there are battles that will dwarf those that make they, these are kind of what's happening in one corner of the scope of the battles that we get in the wheel of time is there is this, uh, epic epic large-scale fights going on all over the place so it really it covers a lot of ground and and definitively we need uh funding 
to, yeah. to get it you done. Need, to the we need we need a, uh, we need some some gold pieces to get this going. Uh, like we need we're gonna we're gonna need to to make sure that this thing is well funded. Uh, and it sounds like uh, it's gonna be. I mean, like Amazon shows and Amazon generally for like whatever you want to say about it. Uh, and there's plenty to say. Uh, a lot of these shows do end up at least like looking great right like oh, they yeah. have like a very competitive superhero show in the boys yep. uh which you know the the budget on that is is pretty self-evident and a lot of like the effects work is is really impressive um uh as long as they didn't like blow all their fantasy money on lord of the rings but clearly like there is and i was going to mention the expanse as well which is actually ending relatively soon uh is another show that uh just looks exceptional and it's move over uh from the sci-fi network to amazon it's really like, like it invisible beautiful. And low profile, Josh, but I'll just kick out Tales from the Loop even too, right? Yeah. There's another one on Amazon Prime that, God, it's gorgeous, right? I mean, uh, it's it's like its own little like auteur piece. There's so much magnificent stuff there. It's like- It really should look radar, really but... cinematic. Like it yes. should look really cinematic. That should not be uh, a big issue. And it should also be noted that like there is uh, a ton of confidence, it would seem, uh, on Amazon's part. Um, because the show has not aired yet, uh, mm -hmm. obviously. Uh, that's why we're doing a preview show. Uh, mm -hmm. But like in May, when it really hadn't aired yet, uh, May of 2021, uh, months ago at this point, um, Amazon handed out a season two renewal for mm -hmm. The Wheel of Time. Um, so this is another reason why it's a good buy-in is like we are, uh, you know, barring something like fairly exceptionally bad happening, we are, which I guess, like, you know, in this day and age, you know, not just, impossible, you know, same shit, same shit different day <laughs> um, that like, I think that there is a there is a, 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 a it's it seems like a very strong likelihood, barring disaster, that you will get more of this show. So it's not just that it is based on a series of books that are completed with a fully realized story from start to finish, if not all written by the same author, then at least um, holistically stemming from that author's vision that this is a show that um, stands a chance of walking that path because it already has a second season greenlit. It's a huge display of confidence on Amazon's part um, really to is. renew this show months and months and months, like half a year uh almost before uh before we even get to take a look at it uh it really is yeah i was delighted to like see the news right that it clearly means like they feel pretty terrific about where they're going with it um i'm i'm very eager there's a huge fan base waiting for it out there already there's a really like incredibly positive community um on twitter for anybody who like knows that that they're going to engage in this or is into the wheel of time and is not engaged that i point you towards the twitter of time yeah. uh go check that hashtag out there's a lot of like really great really encouraging people out there in the space that are like so excited about this and so thoughtful about the way they talk about it in terms of spoilers um for those curious you know tread lightly on the google searches uh this is a series that's been around for a long time and it's really easy to spoil yourself inadvertently um doing homework and research uh everything they've released so far has been awesome they were like sliding out like small teasers and small bits and like i said i haven't dug incredibly deep into that compared to a lot of the fan base but um the main trailer dropped a couple of weeks ago and gosh it is exciting um so for 
for folks whose whose interest is peaked, like I would point you there. Go scope that trailer out. Go take a look at the trailer on YouTube and like see how interested you are walking away because uh, it conveys a lot. There's a lot of cool stuff there that probably something will hook you in if you've made it this far. Yeah. Uh, so do that, and then the other thing that I would like people to do is to send in some feedback, questions that you have about the Wheel of Time. Uh, whether you're a seasoned Wheel of Time fan or you're just approaching the show for the first time right now, uh, send it our way because we are going to be doing another preview show next week. We want to do some frequently asked questions about the Wheel of Time. I certainly have a bunch that I personally want to ask you, Rich. Uh, So I'm coming in ready to go, um, but I want to come in uh, armed with questions from you out there in listener land. So send that in. Josh at postshowrecaps.com. That's my direct line. That's my email address. You can send it in to me, Josh at postshowrecaps.com. You can also tweet at both of us. I'm at Round Howard. Rich is at DM Philly. Uh, You can send us all of your feedback that you've got for the next preview show of just questions about like anything that uh, if you watch the trailer and you're like, wait, what the hell is that? Uh, Or just like, if I like this, am I going to like the Wheel of Time? Uh, Mm -hmm. All the questions like that we want to get from you. So send that our way for next week's podcast. Again, that's Josh at PostShowRecaps.com. You can also interact with us in the Post Show Recaps patron Discord. If you are a patron of Post Show Recaps, uh, you can sign up. Patreon.com slash Post Show Recaps is the way to become uh, a patron. You can hang out with Rich. You can hang out with me. And if you sign up in time on November 11th, uh, coming up here pretty soon, um, a bunch of the patrons of Post Show Recaps have actually already been reading The Eye of the World, the very first book in the Wheel of Time series, and are going to be gathering together for uh, a book club that Rich and I are both going to attend as well. Uh, so we will be uh, talking about the book. If you want to be part of like a really informal but really fun conversation about the Wheel of Time um, with us directly in real time, that is uh, an option on the table. So consider signing up, patreon.com slash post show recaps rich where else can people find you and what else are you doing on the internet these days oh gosh i'm doing all kinds of stuff mostly i'm running tabletop role-playing games over on twitch tv slash dm philly um a lot of the folks in the post show recap space are there with me where we play dungeons and dragons primarily and a handful of other games uh you and i and some of the folks for everything is super just did the marvel one shot yeah i think that's in the main podcast feed for anybody who's listening to that you could play dungeons and dragons with avengers characters and it was marvelous indeed we did it was marvelous it was a really good time you can catch all of that stuff at twitch tv slash dm philly the vods are up over on youtube you can find me there at dm philly um yeah well on tuesday nights we play dragonfly it's DD in space uh and on uh, every f- couple of weeks on friday nights we've started up a game called humble your where it's uh, dungeons and dragons but the characters are all cute fuzzy forest animals and it's a really good time little so tiny you guys critters can find me there and of course like hit me up on twitter if you have any questions or inquiries or thoughts about the wheel of time or dungeons and dragons or post-show recaps at large um go hit me up over there yeah that's where i'm at go find rich go do all of those things next week we'll talk characters of wheel of time 
We'll yes. talk some story of Wheel of Time. Yes. We'll talk about the world of Wheel of Time. We'll start like really getting into all of those nitty gritties. But for this podcast, we really wanted to announce that we're doing it. That we're doing yeah. the that we're that we're covering the show. Uh, that we're going to be doing it on a weekly basis. We're going to be here for that whole first season of the Wheel of Time. And hopefully, this is just the beginning. Hopefully, that this is the start of something like really, really marvelous and special. Um, and at the very least, I'm really psyched to be doing the podcast. Really pumped to be doing it with you, Rich. Uh, and I hope that everyone's as excited as we are. It's going to be hard to be as excited as we are. It's going to be very hard to be as excited as I am. Um, but but I'm telling you, get excited, folks. Um, get hyped. Really, I think it's going to be something super cool. And I'm delighted to be here doing this with you, Josh. I'm so excited for a bunch of people to discover uh, this story. I think that there's like a lot of great stuff, just as people, that we can take out of it to carry forward in our lives. But it's really interesting and fun and a good time. Um, so I'm excited for this journey. It's going to be a fun be, one. It's going to be great stuff. We'll be back next week answering uh, your frequently asked questions about the wheel of time and potentially a lot of my frequently asked questions rich I've got so many i have like uh i'm ready my friend yeah. i got a big list of notes right here i got quotes i got page numbers reference i, I got the book i got a million little dog i gotta tell you i i love not having that burden on this one great uh, i am thrilled for you to take the mantle of the, the seasoned reader because i don't have it in me uh so like, for I have made it for myself. I'm like, I'm going to read that first book, watch the season. And then like the appetite is there. Like I'm going to, I'm I was, going to progress. Yeah. I was really impressed that you read the first book. We'd been talking about I know. It I don't while, know how to read. Like, so it's, uh, it was very, <laughs> very exciting things. To anybody out there who doesn't know how to read, but wants to read the first book, uh, I joke, but the audiobooks are fantastic. The audiobooks uh, while we made fun of Roy Detrice and his pronunciation, the uh, the narrators for The Wheel of Time, Michael Kramer and Kate Redding, they are a married couple, and gosh, they are tremendous and fantastic. Uh, one of the things that connects back to A Song of Ice and Fire, you get these point of view chapters, and so they move back and forth um, as male and female uh, narrators of the kind of male and female point of view chapters, and they they do an incredible job uh, as narrators of an audiobook. So for anybody who wants to maybe dip their toes into that, go get your hands on that. It's it's a it's a great uh, that is a, to put in your ear. It's a great pull. Uh, I I did that. Uh, I was like half reading the actual physical book and then mm -hmm. half listening to the audiobook while I was doing like drives and stuff like that. Uh, and it was a really really lovely experience, like going on walks with this story in my ears. It was really really exciting. Um, and I also believe that there is, if it's not out yet. There is another uh, audiobook version of The Eye of the World forthcoming, narrated by Rosamund Pike. Uh, so, oh my word, uh, I've not heard of that. Yeah. And honestly, now I'm going to have to read The Wheel of Time again. Uh -uh. Uh, I don't think that she's <laughs> doing the full thing. I mean, I guess we'll see how it goes, but uh, that that is coming out. Uh, coming out, uh, I believe, coming out. Is, uh, is the Rosamund Pike uh, audiobook version of this. So. Uh, yeah, if you want to check all of that out, there, there are definitely a lot of really great options for engaging this first book in the series. But if you don't, and if you just want to watch a show, we've got you covered. Uh, just watch we're gonna, the show. Yeah, yeah. we're going we're gonna to take care of you. It's going to be a really great time. All right, we'll be back next week. Until then, everybody, take care. Bye-bye. Bye.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply